After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Oh 
shava biamino sohi
Hashem, Hashem Elokeinu, J.M. and the A.M. with Vegas from volume number six. Yehi Shalom is the name of that selection. The Fisherman was Rogers Park. You heard Shoresh with Bowie. Colin Ashama, brand new Mordechai Ben David off of the Tsaaka album. And Regesh Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. J.M. in the A.M. Hello, hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in and being part of this amazing radio experience. We're based in New York City, heard around the world, and glad that all of you are able to join us and be part of all of this. It's Thursday, June the 8th, the 14th of Sivan, as we get closer and closer to graduation day for so many, to the summer months and summer camp. It's hard to believe, I'll tell you. It's already June 8th. Special happy graduation and Mazel Tov wishes to the Maya Note senior class. Teaneck, New Jersey. They are celebrating because this Sunday they're going to be moving on, graduating from high school. Um, 58 degrees, partly cloudy, a high of 70. We're at 89 in Yerushalayim, where I am told, based on a first-hand account from uh, one of our listeners in the old city, I'm told it's absolutely beautiful there. How could it not be? By the way, speaking of Yerushalayim, got a great note this morning on the app from Listener Devora. Uh, at, at some point, according to Listener Devora, uh, I asked uh, in, in an interview whether the good spirit of Yom Yerushalayim is still alive in Israel, the amazing spirit that we, in, that we uh, enjoyed two weeks ago. Indeed, Listener Devora says it is. Last night I went to a fantastic concert in Yad Binyamin, entitled Yushalayim Shebalev, all songs and uh, stories about Yushalayim. I don't exaggerate when I say there were more than a few tears shed. Jerusalem is in our hearts. Well, yeah, it certainly is, especially for you, since you are right there uh, close by to Jerusalem. We're hoping it's in the hearts of everybody around the world at this point, that's for sure. Thursday morning broadcast at 29 minutes before 7 o'clock. Plenty coming up between now and 9. Full day, of course, on the Nahum Siegel Network. Thursdays are extra special. Last Thursday, for those outside of Israel, it was Yuntif, so we didn't get a chance to um, enjoy a Thursday, but today we get an opportunity to really enjoy our Thursday programming, and um, I hope you'll have an opportunity to stick with us all day long right here at NSN. Don't forget, tomorrow morning, it's a weekly update. Malcolm Honeline will join us, 7.40 Eastern time tomorrow morning, do the weekly update and explore some of the things happening in this crazy world of ours. That's tomorrow, 7.40 Eastern time, right here at JM in the AM.
Yeah, 
Sunrise on the hills of Yerushalayim Men and children heading off to shoes Hand in hand they're hurrying to Daven All the little kinderlach running off to school In the classrooms you can hear the sound Of Torah learning all around In Shemayim they're counting every word For soon the battle will be won Our suffering will soon be done And the chauffeur of Moshiach will be heard Good morning, Cloud Yisrael Sing in Yerushalayim when Mashiach comes. Shabbos in the homes of Yerushalayim. Candles burning brightly everywhere. Families gather round the table. Welcoming the angels with a prayer Voices joined in harmony We celebrate her sanctity Our Shabbos has sustained us all along The air is filled with melody The table set majestically For the Shabbos queen we sing our holy song Nighttime on the hills of Yerushalayim Children say Shema and go to bed Somewhere in the darkness men are learning Elsewhere bitter tears are being shed For loved ones whom we hold so dear Those holy souls no longer here Kedoshim who will live eternally Watching us from high above Protecting us with boundless love As the final days reveal our destiny Good morning, Kral Yisrael, how are you? Say Sing in Yerushalayim when Mashiach 
J.M. the A.M. with Country Yussi and his Stiebel Hoppers. Off of the Ride Again collection, it's called Good Morning, Klai Yisrael. Gam was done by the uh, Waterbury Yeshiva. Album is entitled Stay With Me. You heard the New York Boys Choir with Gale here on a Thursday at J.M. the A.M. 12 minutes before 7 o'clock. This coming Monday here at J.M. the A.M., Nachas. Nachas is expected to visit our studio in New York City live and in person here at JM in the AM. Nachas expected in studio this coming Monday morning, approximately 8 a.m. right here at JM in the AM. He's out with a brand new album. It's entitled MS. This is the opening selection. Nachas, brand new. He's here Monday. This is JM in the AM. Oh, <laughs> 
Thursday morning from the Sweet Home Jerusalem album. It's Menachem Herman and Company with Hakolatova. David Gabe's Haderet. You heard Nachas brand new with Lahodos. Nachas in our studio this coming Monday, 8 a.m. Eastern Time, right here at JM in the AM. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachemSigel.com. On the NSN network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. To our news from Israel coming up plenty more in the next couple hours as we explore the world with JM and the AM. Tomorrow morning, it's a weekly update. Malcolm Homeline is going to join us at 7.40 Eastern Time tomorrow morning. Make sure to join us. Be tuned in as we go through the events of this week. And there's a lot to talk about, as you, uh, as you know. And if you don't know, you can imagine, that's for sure. Full day on our schedule here at the Nahum Single Network for a Thursday. Uh, Charlie Harari comes up at 9 o'clock. With Unlocking Greatness. Michael Fragan, Phil Goldfeder, together with Spin Class, happening at 9.30 this morning. They talk about the world of politics. 10 o'clock, it's Jew in the City Speaks. Allison has the co-founder of Taharenu, Rabbi Yitzchak Melber, uh, to speak to today. And on That's Life, host Miriam L. Wallach features cartoonist Shari Pear. Shari Pear from out in the uh, West Coast. Uh, is going to join Miriam L. Wallach starting at 10.30 this morning on That's Life, Orthodox Jewish cartoonist Shari Pear. 11 o'clock, we'll do the live lunch, go through the rest of the schedule, of course. Plenty happening on a Thursday here at JMAM. And someone alert, uh, Mike Socher and the Neshama Orchestra, they're featured in our Throwback Thursday. We go back 13 years on Throwback Thursday, beginning at 1 o'clock today, and it'll be Mike Socher and the Neshama Orchestra being featured 13 years later as a Throwback Thursday slot starting at 1 p.m. That should be a lot of fun. So full schedules, we like to say, on this Thursday here at the Nahum Siegel Network. There's plenty going on. Partly cloudy with a high of 70. 58 degrees right now as we wait for our news from Israel coming up. And um, we'll move on to the next hour of this great radio broadcast. 
Galay Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Thursday next. Boker Tov from Jenin. הותר לפרסום השב"כ עצר שבעה ערבים ישראלים תושבי ג'לג'וליה שתכננו לרצוח קצין צהל, מדווח כתבנו טל לברם. הפיגוע תוכנן כנקמה על חיסולו של מאזן פוקעה בכיר חמאס לפני שלושה חודשים שבעזה ייחסו אותו לישראל. תכנון הפיגוע בוצע בקשר עם פעילי חמאס מעזה תוך ניצול קשר משפחתי של אחד העצורים. השב"כ והמשטרה הצליחו לעצור את החשודים בשלב מוקדם יחסית לאחר שניסו לקנות אקדחים מעבריינים. נשיא המדינה ריבלין החליט להפחית שנה מעונשו של מאיר רבין, אחד ממורשעי פרשת הולילנד, כתבנו אורי איגרה. על פי המלצת שרת המשפטים והגורמים המקצועיים במשרד המשפטים, נמצא כי יש ממש בבקשת החנינה שהוגשה על ידי מאיר רבין. לפי הטענות שהביאו להקלה בעונשם של נאשמים אחרים בפרשה, לא נדונו ביחס אליו ולא קיבלו ביטוי בגזר הדין. לכן החליט הנשיא להפחית לרבין מחמש שנות מאסר לארבע, והוא צפוי להשתחרר בתחילת 2020. יושב ראש מטה הדיור אביגדור יצחקי מכריז תוכנית גוש דן מזרח של השר גלנט לבניית עשרות אלפי יחידות דיור ביהודה ושומרון לא ריאלית. הוא שוחח עם יועז הנדל וניצן הורוביץ בגל"צ. אם זה באמת רעיון ריאלי, הייתי הולך עליו, אני לא חושב שהוא ריאלי. מכיר הסכמות כאלה לגוש דן מזרח? לא מכיר. שני צעירים מג'יסר א-זרקא מואשמים שרצחו תושב המקום בעקבות סכסוך במשפחה המורחבת. כתבנו בחיפה קובי מנדל. שני הצעירים בני ה-19 וה-21 מואשמים ברציחת קרוב משפחתם לא יימש בין ה-23 לפני כחודש ימים בכפרם לאחר שהם ירו בו מטווח קצר. במהלך החקירה תפסה המשטרה את הנשק בו נעשה הירי וכן נאספו ראיות לכאורה נגד עוד שבעה חשודים בפרשה. הבוקר הוארך מעצרם של השניים עד תום ההליכים ובוטל צו איסור הפרסום על החקירה. באיראן עלה מניין ההרוגים במתקפת הטרור אתמול בטהרן, כתבנו נתנאל דרשן. חמישה בני אדם נוספו למניין ההרוגים בפיגוע אתמול בטהרן, ומספר ההרוגים הכולל עומד כעת על 17. בנוסף אישר משרד המודיעין האיראני כי חמשת העצורים במסגרת חקירת הפיגוע היו פעילים בארגון הטרור דאעש ולחמו בסוריה ובעיראק. בשנה שעברה הם שבו לאיראן, שם תכננו לבצע מתקפת טרור באתרים חשובים במדינה. מאמן מכבי תל אביב בכדורסל, אריק שיבק, מתייחס לדיווחים על חזרתו האפשרית של דיוויד בלאט לקבוצה ואומר, אני לא מוטרד מכך. שרון דוידוביץ' ואפי בירנבוים שוחחו איתו בגל"צ. אני כל כך עסוק במטרה שאני הצבתי לעצמי ולכל האנשים שסביבי, שאני ממש לא מתעסק בזה. אני, כשאני עובד במועדון ואני מאמן קבוצה, אני מאוד מאוד משתדל לא להתעסק בעונה הבאה, כי זה מפריע לי. מזג האוויר לסוף השבוע, מחר ימשיך להיות חם מהרגיל עד שרבי ברוב אזורי הארץ. בשבת ירידה ניכרת בטמפרטורות. אלה החדשות שעורכת קרן בן מרדכי.
Start with today, even when your hope starts to fade. Don't give up on the prayer that you prayed. Cause the sham is always there to find. It's all about your frame of mind. He's always there, he always cares. He's listening to your prayers. Yes, the sham is always there. You know, I got it now. You're good to go. Keep holding up and staying strong. And listening for our sham's voice in life.
are coming now, they're ever so near. If you just listen closely now, you'll be able to hear. The voice inside your heart will guide your way. If you listen close to what it's got to say. It's calling to you constantly. Hashem's voice speaks through subtlety. And when you clear the noise that's there, that's when you'll start to really hear. At first glance, it just seems so dark. But when you look, you'll find the spark. The light you find is there within. And now, my friend, you can
in the AM with Hashem Melech done by Yehuda Green. You heard Hashem is always there. That's Ari Goldwag. Eighth day had Hakel to open up the set on a Thursday morning, 16 minutes after 7 o'clock. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for tuning in and being part of a JMNAM experience. I um, want to thank those who are commenting on our app, getting some great comments this morning. Thank you to listener Yona says, good morning from New York City's boldest. Oh, he's right. New York's boldest are tuned in out there, and they were there at the parade on Sunday as well. Um, a Misha Berach request, Nassan Ben Leah for a Fuishlema. Nassan Ben Leah for a Fuishlema, and we thank you, those who help out with that. Well, there's a young listener in our audience just back from the Chocolate Factory who wants to hear this selection from Benny Friedman. It's Ivri Anochi. It's next at JM in the AM. Thank <laughs> you. 
A little bit of history I've been through. Ask me where I'm from, and I will tell you. I'm a Jew, and every Jew's a proud Jew. Not just me, my sisters and my brothers. Never be ashamed to be a proud Jew. It's not what you've done, it's how he made you. So sing this song and spread the pride around you. Yehudiani, eternally. Hey, Abraham, it's not the Hashem, Panave, 
Heroi Shoma Biore Yehuda Uhu Vechutzois Yerushalayim Heroi Shoma Biore Yehuda Uhu Vechutzois
J.M. in the A.M. David Lowy, it's called Mehera, gorgeous song. Uh, before that, Shlomo Simcha with Anish Shalach. You heard Ivri Anochi. That was Benny Friedman. Thursday morning, it's J.M. in the A.M., a drop-behind schedule for Rabbi Goldwasser. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechonich Masar of Zeb and Rabbi Yosef Alevi, and Zechonich Esther Basar of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in the Talmud, in the Tractate of Kedushin, a fascinating story. There were certain captive women that were redeemed and came to Nardea. They were taken to the house of the great Rav Amram Chasida. They were given lodging in the attic. The latter was removed from under them. As one passed by the skylight that separated the two floors, the light revealed the woman to Rav Amram below. Rav Amram then grabbed the ladder, which was extremely heavy. Ten men could not raise it. Yet, he alone set it up and began to climb up the ladder. When he, when he had gone up halfway, he stopped. He cried out, A fire at Rav Amram's! A fire at Rav Amram's! The Chachamim reproached him that he had caused them to shame him. Rav Amram said, It's better that you shame Amram in this world than that you should be ashamed of him in the next world. He then commanded the Yetzirah to leave him and he said, You are fire and I am flesh, but yet I am stronger than you. The Divrei Sheol says a very interesting insight. We should know that these and similar incidents are printed in Shas, in the Talmud. It's to show us that we should know that the earlier tzaddikim mentioned are not malachim, they're not angels. If they were, then we couldn't learn from them. We need to understand that they had a regular teva, nature, with the same natural instincts in the same Yetzirah that sometimes visit us. It almost got the better of them, but because of their great tzidkus, their righteousness, they were able to withstand the test. The mere fact that it says, Nur Amram, a fire in the house of Amram, we see that the Yetzahara conflicted the thoughts of Rav Amram, just as it might conflict our very own thoughts. We learn in Kedushin, Kacha Kodesh Omar Lehem Li Yisrael, Hashem says to B'nai Yisrael, My children, Barasi Yitzhahara, I created the evil inclination, Ubarasi Lo Torah Tavlin, and I created the Torah as an antidote. Yermiyo Novi says that the words of Torah are like fire. That is what Hashem says, and only fire can fight fire. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
JM and the AM at Shalshelis Jr. off of their uh, thankful album. It's called Chai. My name is Nachum Siegel. Hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in to the Nachum Siegel Network and JM and the AM. Uh, I was reading. Um, I was reading about what's happening this week in Chevron because uh, since it's Ramadan, a lot of uh, days during Ramadan, the Ma'ara, Ma'arat Machpelah, is closed to Jews. So I was taking a look at the list of what is out there. And I noticed two things. First of all, today is the first yard site of Dr. Irving Moskowitz, the amazing, incredible philanthropist who made an indelible mark on the history of Israel. I saw his daughter a couple of weeks ago on the flight back from Israel and said to her that uh, as, as, Jewish, as modern Jewish history goes, names like Rothschild, Montefiore, and Moskowitz are in a category in and of, of themselves. I mean, just a, a, a completely separate category in terms of what they've done to help build Israel. So it's one year. We remember the great Dr. Irving Moskowitz um, on his first yard site. And today is the third yard site. Excuse me. Tomorrow is the third yard site of the three boys. And when I say three boys, I think everybody knows who I mean. Ayal, Gilad, and Naftali were kidnapped, murdered, and found in the Hebron region. Three years ago tomorrow, we'll mention it again during tomorrow morning's show. I just want to make sure to get that out there and let people know what's going on. A lot of uh, educators, a lot of people in schools, uh, I'm sure, are going to discuss it with their students and so many students out there. Remember uh, those tense days, uh, t- tense days that had international reaction uh, during the time the three boys were missing. So keep that in mind. Uh, more coming up here at JM the AM, including a visit uh, by telephone from our good friend Nathan Diamond. Find out what's happening in Washington and beyond. That's coming up next. Plenty more if you keep it right here at JM and the AM.
Vegas off of their volume number five, Thursday morning broadcast. I thank you for tuning in from around the world. Nathan Diamond is with us live via telephone. He is the uh, executive director of public policy at the Orthodox Union. Plenty to talk about, including a, a brand new, or I should say an increased uh, grant um, uh, for uh, security for not-for-profit organizations, etc. We'll get to that, but first I'll, I'll bring up the topic that everybody wants me to discuss with Nathan Diamond. Uh, Nathan Diamond, uh, good morning and welcome back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Malcolm. Always great to be with you. I appreciate that. Did the Orthodox Union have an official response or an official statement once President Trump on the 1st of June decided to sign the waiver and postpone any potential move of the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem? Uh, we we uh, we did express our disappointment in that decision. Now, very few people in the Jewish community knew uh, President Obama as well as uh, as you do, and I would guess this is just a guess. I would guess that as he signed the waiver each time, you never really expected him to do otherwise. Do you think, from your vantage point, that with President Trump, there is hope that there might that this move might take place in the future at some point? Yes. Um, I, I think, uh, and, and in fact, uh, the White House press secretary, Sean Spicer, uh, said at the White House briefing um, a day or two after that, you know, the president signed the waiver, that uh, it was not a question of if but when. Um, I think what you're seeing, look, the, the president uh, believes that uh, there is an opportunity to pursue peace negotiations between Israel and the Palestinians uh, that w- might lead to some sort of agreement. Right. Uh, and their stated rationale for signing the waiver is they want to give themselves the space to try to pursue that opportunity. Um, so I think there's two options. One is that somehow, you know, despite all uh, historic experience, somehow Donald Trump and his team are going to do what no one's done before, um, and and an agreement will be uh, concluded, and in that context, the embassy will be moved, or, uh, and probably more people think this is the likely scenario, um, you know, in six months or 12 months, um, 
he'll he'll come to realize that there's no agreement. Um, that uh, I mean, from our perspective, our expectation would be that it's because the Palestinians uh, are fundamentally not prepared to recognize Israel's legitimacy as the homeland of the Jewish people. And I'll say, fine, I gave you a chance, and now, by the way, I'm moving the embassy. Right. We will see what happens. Nathan Diamond with us live via telephone, Executive Director of Public Policy at the OU. All right, so there's a a new, or I should say an increase, would that be the right way of putting it, uh, for not-for-profits in terms of uh, a security grant? It's, a, it's interesting, by the way, how it, it seems that the majority, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because you're fighting these battles uh, probably more than anybody else, it seems that the majority of, of help that government is giving to not-for-profits, yeshivas, etc., is always under the umbrella of security. Is that accurate or just a, a wrong impression? Um, I would say that is accurate outside of uh, New York and Florida, uh, where, where there is state money uh, going in at really, really record levels, and we're very proud that, that the OU advocacy team at the state level in those states and others uh, has been helping... Uh, you know, uh, deliver deliver remarkable funding into uh, yeshivas and day schools uh, at the state level. But certainly the federal program right now, this is a signature federal program, and it's not only for schools, it's also for shoals. Right. Uh, it's also for JCCs, I mean, other kinds of, and not just Jewish, but other kinds of nonprofits. Um, we have to, we help, uh, we spearheaded the creation of this program more than a decade ago now, right? Um, and the funding levels have been up and down. This year we got an increase of funding to $25 million um, that's available to the top 15 um, or 20 uh, large urban population centers, which is frankly where most of the Jew- Jewish communities are. Right. Um, but because of the delays in the Washington uh, budget process, we're on a very short timeline, so I appreciate being on, on air with you to make sure people know about this, because um, the deadlines for application are actually, uh, they vary state by state, because the application is going through state agencies. Uh, in New Jersey, the deadline is actually this Sunday, and in New York, the deadline is Monday. Wow. Um, and we, we, we've already been in, in touch, of course, directly with uh, shoals and day schools that are in our networks about these applications, but uh, uh, it's good to have the opportunity to, to you know, for your great uh, listenership, uh, for people that are in leadership roles in shoals and schools to make sure they know that this is going on. All right, so any OU synagogue, as an example, has been informed about this already? Yes, and other, others that we work with as well, obviously. Yeah, no, I understand that. All right, so what? Yeah. So those who are learning about this, I mean, there are probably presidents of synagogues and leaders of organizations and schools who are tuned in. Uh, who are who are listening to this and have now heard for the first time that Jersey has a Sunday deadline and New York has a Monday deadline? What do they do at this point? Uh, they they should uh, the easiest thing to say would be go to our website at uh, at advocacy.ou.org uh, where we have contact information and uh, be in touch with our staff today. Um, and and our staff will be happy to help folks out. And this is doable, even though it's already Thursday. They they still have time to get it in and to process the whole thing. Um, in most cases, yes. Uh, is this was this unexpected? Was this what you wanted? I mean, it's a twenty percent increase. You're at as you mentioned earlier. You're at twenty five million dollars now in terms of the 
grant program? Is, did, 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 the, did the leadership want more? Was this essentially what was requested? How would you evaluate the accomplishment here in terms of what was provided for our community? You know, given the pressure, uh, uh, both the time pressure and the budget pressure that was involved in this appropriation cycle, and this is, by the way, Congress was in overtime. This was this was appropriating the money to run the federal government for the year we are in right now. Right. Um, so we actually got getting a five million dollar increase uh, was what we were going for, and we were happy. And I got to say. Um, you know, uh, Senator, uh, uh, Senate, the House of Representatives was very helpful, um, but in particular, um, uh, a senator, a Republican senator who many Jew- in the Jewish community probably have never heard of, named John Bozeman from Arkansas, uh, who's now the chairman of the relevant subcommittee, uh, was incredibly helpful. Uh, and also of great help were uh, New York's Chuck Schumer, um, and uh, and also uh, New Jersey's Bob Menendez. Oh, very nice. Uh, they were they were very helpful. Um, what what we are hoping though is with a little more lead time for the coming fiscal year, you know, uh, to to go higher than twenty five, even more, because uh, unfortunately the Jewish community's security uh, uh, threats and challenges have only increased year over year over year. Right. Um, and while as I mentioned, we've had success at the state level, actually, getting uh, state money for schools in particular. Uh, in Florida, just a couple days ago, uh, we had Governor Scott of Florida visit one of the day schools uh, in the Florida community, Browser Maimonides, where he announced uh, $650,000 in security aid for Jewish day schools in Florida, which was very nice. Governor Cuomo in New York has put a lot of money towards Jewish day school security. Uh, but obviously we're also concerned about the shoals uh, and other community institutions, and, um, and uh, you know, we need to pursue that as well. So uh, when people travel around or visit different communities on Shabbat and see uh, barriers have been put in, you know, in front of specific synagogues or uh, bulletproof glass in some areas or other measures, very often it's because of these grants from the federal government. Exactly. Very good. Well... No complaints here. The more the merrier, as they say, or the more the safer, I guess, in this case, because as these funds come in, uh, synagogues and schools and others uh, who are involved in Jewish organizations are able to secure the uh, premises, and uh, we pray yep. for the safety of everybody, and this can only help. So thank God for that. Yep. And, and next week we're having uh, the OU leadership come down to Washington along with uh, rabbis and, and, and school leaders from various communities around the country, and, and this will... The funding for the coming year uh, will be among our uh, priority issues. All right, and we'll hope for an increase on that, and certainly for, at the minimum to uh, uh, continue at the pace that uh, uh, that the uh, the OU leadership and others have uh, gotten the federal government to agree to till this point. Uh, Big Ashikoach, what can we say? If, if those of you in the uh, New York area, uh, New Jersey people, you have till Sunday. New York people, you have till Monday. Uh, to um, to apply and secure some type of uh, a portion of that federal grant for your own security measures in your school, your shul, your organization. You can be in touch with the OU directly, and the website that Nathan Diamond is um, recommending is advocacy.ou.org. Again, that's advocacy.ou.org, a 20% increase in the uh, grant program uh, for not-for-profit security. Uh, again, now it's $25 million. Nathan, thank you so much for joining us. Continued success, and keep fighting for us in Washington. 
Thank you so much, Nachum. Have a great day. He's executive director for public policy at the OU, Nathan Diamond. And I thank him. Thursday morning, plenty more coming up if you keep it here at JM in the AM. La, 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 inshallah, inshallah, la, 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 inshallah, inshallah, la, 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 inshallah, inshallah.
J.M. and the A.M. It's Yaakov Shweki, and it's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners' sponsored digital radio. Around the world on the web at NahumSingle.com, on the NahumSingle Network, and of course on our beloved NSN app. Thanks for joining us, everybody. A uh, couple of things. First of all, Mazel Tov going out to Hani Weintraub and Shlaimi Turin. The wedding is tonight. Looking forward to celebrate with everybody. The Weintraub Mishpacha and the Turin Mishpacha will be down in Lakewood, New Jersey later on. Again, and we are uh, anticipating celebrating with everybody down there. Uh, mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Also, a Mazel Tov going out to uh, Shalom Shabtai Leib. Um, Shalom's Bar Mitzvah celebration is taking place later tonight. A Mazel Tov to, the, uh, to Mayor and Chavi Dworkin and to the extended uh, Honline Friedman and uh, Dworkin families from all of us here. At JM in the AM. I'll have to mention this uh, on the air tomorrow with Malcolm, since this is his grandson. So a very, very special Mazel Tov. Wish we could join you uh, tonight for the big celebration. Again, that's uh, Shalom Dworkin's Bar Mitzvah taking place tonight. Mazel Tov from all of us here at the JM in the AM. Uh, what else I want to mention? Don't forget that the... Um, the Big Partners in Torah basketball tournament, the Play for Partners, happens this coming Sunday in Mawa, New Jersey at Downtown Sports. Information, playforpartners.com, playforpartners.com. Oh, by the way, there's a rumor that Dudu Fisher is going to stop by tomorrow morning, which will be really cool. He's got a performance Sunday in Manhattan. There is a rumor that Dudu Fisher is stopping by our studio tomorrow morning, and that would be real, real cool. Yeah, that's how we classified cool. <laughs> So we'll let you know about that as we get closer and closer. But uh, anticipate in the 8 o'clock hour tomorrow, Dudu Fisher live in studio for a few minutes. Congregation Keter Torah and Ohel present a lecture series, Rebooting Marital Relationships in an Age of Social Media. This coming Monday at 8 p.m., Marital Boundaries, How to Create Healthy Boundaries in Relationships in a Culture Where Privacy is Becoming a Rare Commodity, Our Emotional Affairs as Dangerous as Physical Ones. Happening at Congregation Keter Torah. Romer Avenue in Teaneck with the renowned Dr. Norman Blumenthal. It's open to the entire community. That happens at the Keter Torah this coming Monday at 8 p.m. A Yiddish soul, you know how we're going nuts about Yiddish soul for good reason. For good reason, Yiddish soul is happening on Wednesday night. The Klezmatics, Zusha, the Maccabees, Yankee Lemmer, Chaim David Burson, Daniel Kahn, and me, Nahum Siegel, all in a free event on the summer stage, a free concert on the summer stage in New York City, 72nd Street, 5th Avenue, Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Circle your calendar. I am telling you, you will not be disappointed. It is an unbelievable show every single year. More coming up. It's Thursday. It's JM and the AM, and it's brand new Mordechai Ben David. Dashikulim mitzvah, 
It's brand new Mordechai Ben David here on a, a Thursday morning. It's called Saka off of an album entitled Saka. That's the title track. Brand new MBD Thursday morning broadcast, JM and the AM. Many of you may recall our visit to Yad Sarah. It was a couple of Tuesdays ago in Jerusalem when we had the opportunity to speak about the incredible array of services that they provide. I mean, the free equipment, the lending, the therapies, the, uh, the, uh, the different... Um, uh, programs that are offered in the building, outside the building, volunteers, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's endless. And if you missed the show, it was really a comprehensive show with, with an incredible view of the volunteer effort in Israel. So you can check that out in our archives. Um, so one of the people that has agreed to um, speak to us about the greatness of Yad Sarah on this uh, program is Libby Goldstein, who's in Jerusalem. She has an amazing story how helpful they were to her. And in general, I remind everybody that there are there's a service in 
Yad Sarah in Jerusalem, there is a service, and really all over Israel, but obviously their base is in Jerusalem, um, where any tourist who is in need of a medical need, a piece of equipment, trips for therapy, special um, um, vans that are outfitted for people with disabilities to go visit certain areas as tourists, they do it all. I told you more than once that day, just be in touch with us and we'll be more than happy to uh, direct you to the right person by email to set this up for when you and your family members go to Israel. Libby Goldstein from Jerusalem, welcome to JM in the AM. Hello, Nachum. A pleasure to speak with you. First of all, you know, whenever we hear that somebody had you know, to make an appointment for, th- for um, treatments and stuff, we-, we hope you're well. We hope things are going on the right road for you. Yeah, Baruch Hashem. I'm already, um, thank God, I'm three years after wow. the cancer. Baruch Hashem. Uh, we're still praying and uh, hoping that it won't return. Yeah. I, was, I was sick for three years, and it, it came back three times. So we're, we're praying. Well, stay strong, and we're going to pray along with you. Um, thank you very much. We, we've spoken, as you heard, we've spoken on this program about the uniqueness of the organization. How, in your case specifically, was Yad Sarah there when you needed them? Okay, it was, it was actually quite a funny story. Um, I, as, I, as I just told you, I was treated in Hadassah and Karim for three years right. because I had Hodgkin lymphoma, which was diagnosed during, the pregnancy, uh, during my pregnancy with my youngest daughter. And, um, and I went through all sorts of treatments and uh, a bone marrow transplant and radiation and all sorts of things. And thank God everything went smoothly and everything was fine. And when the cancer... Um, came back again, um, I had to have a treatment which was for a whole year. Every three weeks I had to come to the hospital, and it was really important that it should be exactly on time every three weeks. And then about, it was three and a half years ago, there was a very, very strong uh, snowstorm in Jerusalem. Oh, my gosh. I I know which one you mean, the blizzard of December 2015. 15 or 14? I think something like that. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think, yeah well, your memory is better than well, mine. Well, we were we were um, stuck in that blizzard, so we know exactly what you're referring to. <laughs> yes. So, so the blizzard started. I think it was a Wednesday evening, right. and by Thursday morning, the whole of Jerusalem was covered with snow. Friday just got worse. Right. About, and it was like that till Monday. Now, already on Thursday, they they were anticipating a very very bad storm. And I had my treatment on Monday, and I started thinking to myself already on Thursday, how on earth am I going to get to Hadassah? I'm not going to drive there. It's too dangerous. Down the, the roads to Hadassah, whoever knows those roads, it's, um, you need to have a safe car. And, um, and I was thinking, how do I get there? And everyone was like, you know, Israelis, oh, by then it'll be fine. And um, so... So then I spoke with one of my friends who works in Yad Sarah, and she told me, listen, if you get stuck, just call us, and we will figure it out. We'll, we'll send a car, or, or somehow we'll, we'll, we'll get you to hospital. You're getting chemo. It's important. We'll get you there. And when it came to Monday morning, and it was already icy on the roads, there was no more snow, fresh snow, but it was all icy. I couldn't drive, and my husband didn't want to take the risk either. So... We, we started thinking, how do we get to Hadassah? I called up Yad Sarah in the morning, and they said, yes, we're going we're gonna to find you a car, and we're going to get to you. Um, obviously, there were 
a lot of pe- people who needed to get to, um, if it was chemo or other treatments in hospital. So there was a list and I was waiting. And then suddenly my husband noticed from the window of our building um, a van of Yad Sarah just stuck right in the middle of our road. Um, he was stuck in the snow. And so he went down and he said, I'm going to write down the number plate and we'll try and see if the driver lives in, in our area and he can take us. So he goes down to the car, and on the window, the driver, as he got stuck, he left a note saying, if I'm blocking, please contact me. This is my number, which was incredible. You have that only in Israel. It's unbelievable. Um, so, so, yes, we, just, we, we picked up the phone. We called this guy. Um, if I'm not wrong, his name was Shmulik. And we, I said to him, um, hi, I just saw your car. He says, oh, I'm sorry, am I blocking you? Should I move my car? I said, no, you need to take me to hospital. <laughs> so, so he said, okay, no problem. He said, let me go down and see if I can start my car because it was stuck. He calls me back like two minutes later. He says, okay, the car is, the engine's on, come down now. So I went down to, to I went, I got into his van and he took me to Hadassah. On the way, he's telling me that his wife is nine months pregnant and, and that he just left her alone at home to oh take gosh. me to hospital. Oh my gosh, I'll tell you. Yes, it was an incredible story. Um, I, I got my treatment that day. It went, it was the quickest treatment. My, because my, my medication was already waiting for me. Um, and it was the quickest treatment. And on the way home, also, they sent a driver from Yatsara to take me home. And, and it was incredible. And I was so amazed that for Shabbat, I told my husband, let's buy a nice big bouquet of flowers and give this, um, this guy, Shmulik, uh, a nice, you know, um, mm-hmm. token of appreciation. Right. And I wrote him a note, thank you very much. And um, and the note circled around the the WhatsApp group of the drivers, as I didn't know the name of the other driver, and I just said I would really like to thank him also. And just a couple of days later, a week after the storm, Yad Sarah already arranged an evening to to thank all those volunteers who stayed in the building that entire weekend, which I thought was so special. Because, you know, you have all sorts of organizations doing stuff, and it takes them years to get them their act together to, you know, to, to thank their volunteers. And here, like, within a week, they had a, it was, you know, they did, like, a barbecue or something, like, just something nice for the people who worked so, so hard and to appreciate them and to say thank you. And they invited me to come in and say a few words. And, and it was just really nice because we... The, the driver who took me to hospital was there without a car, and he was there with his highly pregnant wife. <laughs> so we took them home. Oh, that's <laughs> so funny. we said, okay, now the circle has been, um, <laughs> the, the tables have turned. And the next day she had a baby, and it was, uh, it was just very nice. It was, uh, you know, till then I used to think Yad Sarah, they help elderly people. They, um, if, if a family needs a crib or, or an inhalation machine, I never thought that I would actually um, be used them and it was just it was just so good to know that they were there for me and this is being replicated in every area of israel those with snow and those without snow <laughs> they're always yes. they're always servicing yeah. people and giving rides and making sure uh that the transportation whether it's an emergency or not uh it could be just regular transport is taking place and i wanted to emphasize to our audience that what you just described uh, as we discovered a couple of weeks ago at the atzara headquarters in yerushalayim uh this is being done for tourists for people who are uh, coming in, they may have a family member with a disability or with a, you know, with some type of problem. 
uh, they go ahead and they actually arrange for the transportation and take care, like they took care of you, take care of the people to go to friends or relatives or a tourist attraction or a holy site. They take care of the whole thing. So I think it's important for our listeners, especially outside of Israel, to know that that service is provided by Yad Sarah for people around the world, which is pretty remarkable. So I thank you. Yeah, for, it's I thank amazing. You, I thank you for sharing that story with us. Uh, Libby, thank you, Fa. Libby Goldstein, where are you from originally, by the way? Uh, Jerusalem. You're originally <laughs> in Jerusalem. Wow, unbelievable. Yes. Because um, yes. I was wondering if, uh, if you, I was going to say, if you were not originally from Israel, um, how, dif- um, how, how different, as you described it earlier, life is in Israel, because these types of things you only see there, and this type of volunteerism you only see in Israel, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, my husband is from England, right. um, and I do see how the Jewish communities, they get together and they do so much chesed. Uh, but, but it's different in Israel. There's something very different here. And I think everyone can, can agree with it, that when you come to Israel, uh, it's just its home. So true. Kolakavod, uh, Libby, thanks so much for joining us today. And feel good. Thank you. Thank you very much. Continued Hatzlacha. Thursday morning broadcast. My thanks to Libby Goldstein. Yad Sarah has all these services. And as we said, for those of us who are tourists, those of us who are outside of Israel who really can help a family member or a friend get to Israel and be part of the whole experience. And Yad Sarah, as they described to us two weeks ago on the air, will take care of that whole experience for you in terms of all this transportation. Just email us at any of our email addresses, nachum at nachumsegel.com, uh, or go to the Yad Sarah website, and uh, you'll be able to investigate, research, and see exactly what we're talking about. More coming up at 18 minutes after 8 o'clock. This is a Thursday morning at JM in the AM.
I'm in the AM at Shlomo Katz. That's Meheira off of the Yismach Melech album. That's a good collection of music. That is a good collection of music. I want to thank uh, Libby Goldstein for joining us uh, from Israel. Um, her story is uh, is amazing. And um, again, a reminder, uh, the uh, folks at Yad Sarah are able to help anybody from outside of Israel who may have a disability, may have trouble getting around Israel, wants to visit friends or relatives and needs a, a ride in a special van or whatever the case may be, uh, go to a tourist attraction, to a uh, holy site, whatever the case may be, they can do it all. They also, in addition to that, provide all medical needs for tourists. So if, if, you, if you're going to Israel, uh, as we described a couple of weeks ago, if you're going to Israel and you need a hospital bed in your hotel, if you need a hospital bed in your hotel, they will deliver it to the hotel. Free service. They will deliver it to the hotel and take care of it. That's Yad Sarah. Uh, so as I said, you can be in touch with them directly, or if you want, just uh, send us an email, and we'll let you know how this summer you could bring someone to Israel who you know may have challenges getting around, but Yad Sarah will take care of everything from the moment they land till the moment they leave, which is pretty remarkable. So check it out. Partly cloudy with a high of 70. We're at 58 here. 89 degrees in Jerusalem. Woo! That's the way to do it. More coming up. It's more Kar Chaim at JM in the AM.
AM. It's a selection entitled Melech from Nachas. And Nachas is scheduled to be in our studio here at JM the AM this coming Monday. That's right. Nachas visits us this coming Monday right here at JM the AM. Speaking of visits, the rumor has it that Dudu Fisher is going to stop by tomorrow morning. He's got a big show in Manhattan coming up on Sunday. And he will hopefully stop by our studio tomorrow morning right here. At the JM in the AM. Well, many of you are aware of the fact that Nefesh Benefesh has announced its 2017 Bonetzion Prize recipients. It's an annual prize awarded to English-speaking Olim who have greatly contributed to the state of Israel. In the area of education, Rabbi Chaim Bravender has been chosen by Nefesh Benefesh for this year's uh, Bonetzion Prize. Rabbi Bravender began teaching in 1967 American students who were making their way to Jerusalem following the Six-Day War. Uh, soon after, he established Yeshivat HaMiftar, then founded Michlel at Bruria, which is today uh, Midrash at Lindenbaum, uh, which is today Midrash at Lindenbaum, which revolutionized women's Torah study by introducing in-depth textual study and Talmud to women's learning. Uh, from the Yom Kippur War through the late 80s, he served in the IDF rabbinate. In 1999, he founded Atid, the Academy for Torah Initiatives and Directions in Jewish Education. And in 2007, Rabbi Bravender launched webyeshiva.org. If you're wondering when this journey began, Rabbi Bravender made Aliyah from New York back in 1965. Rabbi Chaim Bravender, an honor to welcome you to JM in the AM. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm in Jerusalem. And I guess you're in New York someplace. Yeah, we're in New York. We're in Manhattan, but uh, I'd rather be in Jerusalem, that's for sure. Uh, such a, you know, we always talk about the Six-Day War, and obviously a lot of talk about it recently. Uh, we were there during the week of Yom Yushalayim number 50. Uh, we had the honor to be part of the whole celebration, etc., etc. And so many people talk about life before the Six-Day War and life after the Six-Day War, even as it affects American jury. We know there was a certain attitude that people had uh, being a member of the Jewish community even in the New York area before the Six-Day War, and then one of greater pride and joy after the Six-Day War. What are your memories of that time? If you could take us back 50 years, what stands out to you in regard to the worldwide Jewish community and that historic event? I think that uh, before the Six-Day War, everybody felt a tremendous fear that 
still going to come to an end. And therefore, the elation that was part of our lives when the, uh, when the war was obviously going to be won was even greater than it might have been ordinarily, because, you know, in the Hasidic kind of way of thinking about things, you sink down in order to get more in your life. And there was never in my life have I seen or heard or imagined the kind of up that an entire nation had during this Six-Day War from, you know, the, the depths of, of, uh, of mourning to the heights of uh, glory. That's what happened in the Six-Day War. And every single person, it had nothing, it was not exclusive to the soldiers. It was every person, the right. people in Meir Sharif and the people in Bnei Brak and the people in Kibbutz Kvat, everybody turned around and said, something glorious is happening. And I, I, that's the only thing in my lifetime that I can attribute such joy to. So that's what happened. We, we changed. We, speak we ab- became a joyous nation. We speak about the... Um the Jewish pride effect, which I just mentioned, the religious effect, certainly, as, as we alluded to in your bio, because of all the students who all of a sudden, you know, gravitated to Israel and wanted to be part of the Jewish experience following the Six-Day War. I, I wonder academically, and we'll talk about Web Yeshiva and, and, and some of the amazing accomplishments you've had, uh, but I wonder academically if, uh, if there's been, we, we talk about the greater interest in Tanakh, we talk about unique ways of academia and Jewish education now. I'm wondering if some of that can be attributed to what happened 50 years ago. Well, there's no doubt that people are looking for more and more ways of being connected. And there's also no doubt that classical Torah study, uh, immersing yourself in, in the Talmud and, and its commentaries, and trying to follow the difficult kind of reasoning that is often part of Talmudic study, was just not for everybody. That yeah. everybody wanted the connection. Everybody wanted to be connected to the Jewish people through the study of Torah. And the way they did that was by opening doors, reading new books, looking around. I mean, it's all, I mean today there are people who don't like to accept that, but it, to me, it's an obvious truth that people were looking for ways to connect themselves to the Torah. For some, it was learning Chumash and Rashi, and for others, it was the Tanakh, and for others, it was Jewish history. But all of these things could be classified as the Torah that is inclusive, the inclusive Torah. That's what people were looking for. And all of a sudden, people who had never thought of themselves as students of Torah were looking for ways to join, to become part of it. And the Jewish bookshelf opened itself up and opened its doors to many. And I think we feel it even today. There are people who maybe 50 years ago or 70 years ago would not have expressed much of an interest in the study of Torah. Mm. And today they're looking for it. The art school phenomenon, the Korean edition of the Talmud, the translations of everything into English, all of that is because people want to be connected and be able to study Torah in a serious in a serious manner. So that happened at the time of the Six-Day War. Unbelievable. I'll tell you, unbelievable. You think of the miracle of 50 years ago and you don't even realize the ripple effect 
that it had and continues to have. Rabbi Chaim Bravender is with us of webyeshiva.org. He's recipient of the 2017 Nefesh Benefesh Bonet Zion Award for Education. We spoke about the uh, all the different uh, establishments, all the different um, uh, places you have established, including Yeshiva Tamiftar and uh, Midrashat Lindenbaum and Atid and now Web Yeshiva. It seems like you're always innovating, Rabbi Bravender. Why has this webyeshiva.org shot to the top of that area of Jewish life? I can only think of maybe one or two colleagues that you have in the online you know, y- yeshiva uh, type uh, website or web service that might even come close. Why has webyeshiva.org become such a success? You know, people want to connect through the new technologies. Everybody has a computer. Everybody carries it around with them. Everybody has a phone that does all kinds of tricks that you couldn't imagine just five years ago. Everybody has that. Everybody has that access. So going cool is almost a limiting factor. You just listen to one person talk, <laughs> but on the computer you can listen to everybody talking. You can get all the information so that somebody had to come along and say, look, computer education is new, it's different, it's novel, we have to think about it, we have to look at that. That's what we do at the web machine. We don't just teach Torah. We don't just put it out there, but we try to develop methods which are appropriate for computer learning, right. which is not quite the same as regular book learning. And even book learning is great, and I'm in favor of people going to schools where they have books, but there are a lot of people in the world. Look, we have students from Hawaii, from Czechoslovakia, are places that the books are just not accessible, and the opinions are not accessible. We give it to them. We lay it all out. It's all there. Click, 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 and you get everything you might be looking for, every book that was ever written, every subject that was ever covered. I mean, it's a new world. It's it, a new world for teachers. You know, I... Uh, can't fool the students anymore. Right. You can't tell them, you know, oh, I, I saw this here, and so they're, they're, they're cooking away, and they're getting to it faster than you are. You know, I remember... So I, I'm sorry for interrupting. I remember a, uh, a young chess player... Uh, who was doing very well in competition, and I asked about him, and people told me that you know, 20 years ago he would not be nearly as good as he is. I'm saying, what do you mean by that? And they said because now he's able to compete on the computer against the best in the world on a regular basis and get together with them in, the, in that format. Essentially, what, what you're saying is the same thing. One can gain so much more academically and become more scholarly compared to years back because of what's at their disposal. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that puts a new burden on the teacher, right. just as it puts a new burden on the student. The information is all there. You have to access it quickly, efficiently, effectively. You have to maintain somehow the spiritual aspect of learning Torah. Learning Torah, after all, is not just something, it's not like becoming a car mechanic. It's like, you know, it gives you a certain kind of gravitas, you're a certain kind of person. You have to relate in a certain time, so we have to get that into the computerized learning scheme, which is not an easy thing to do. Right? You can't always feel the teacher yeah. as you do in a classroom. Right. But we're working at it, and we know that the future will be computerized learning, and therefore it's important for educators to take a stab at it, to work at it, to try to make themselves the great teachers that they could be in frontal teaching, 
great teachers in computer teaching. Rabbi, the future. That's, Rabbi, what's, that's how everybody's going to be learning in another 20 years. Rabbi Chaim Bravender, webyeshiva.org. If you have not explored the site, go to it, everybody. And if you want to recommend a great site uh, to people who are searching and looking for learning, it's webyeshiva.org, webyeshiva.org. What was your reaction, Rabbi Bravender, when you were informed that you were the recipient of the 2017 Sylvan Adams Nefesh Benefesh Bonet Tzion Award for Education? Well, I just hope that it didn't mean that my career is over. <laughs> I'm very appreciative. I'm very appreciative of the fact that I was given the award, and I hope that it'll have uh, uh, be beneficial for the things that I'm interested in, the things that I'm doing, and that it does not signify necessarily the end of a career. But uh, ongoing, ongoing, we're working hard, and I appreciate very much the Nevis Benefesh Award, and I think what they're doing, the work that they're doing is very good, and their emphasis on Aliyah and trying to get people, make it easier for people to come to Israel. You know, when I, I remember, I don't think uh, I had that saw bureaucrat in my life, and when I came to Israel, I think the only people I saw were bureaucrats. <laughs> so that's a change. It's a change that you have to accommodate yourself to, it. I think... Nefesh Benefesh is doing a really good job in making Aliyah kind of easier, simpler, more uh, appreciative, and uh, enabling people to see themselves more easily as part of the Israeli society, which you may have heard is a little abrasive <laughs> sometimes. Where, where, were you, where were you the first week of Aliyah in 1965? Were you in Jerusalem? I was. I came to Jerusalem. I'd never been to Israel before when I came in Aliyah. And I was supposed to go, actually, I was supposed to be in a kibbutz. But my wife, Miriam, who came in Aliyah with me, thankfully, <laughs> uh, convinced me that uh, I should go to Yerushalayim. I mean, you can't come to Israel and not see Yerushalayim. So we said, okay. Instead of the kibbutz, we went to Yerushalayim. And because I'm slow-moving, I just stayed. <laughs> I've been here ever since. That's wonderful. Rabbi Bravender, <laughs> Mazaltov on the award. We'll tell everybody to continuously visit webyeshiva.org. It's an amazing site. Continued success. And yes, I'm sure the award is for the significance of continuing this venture, not God forbid that it's over. <laughs> okay, thank you. A thank pleasure. you so much. Rabbi Chaim Bravender, webyeshiva.org, the 2017 Nefesh Benefesh Bonet Zion Awardee for education and honor to have him on and speak with him on this Thursday morning edition of JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. Thursday morning. Miami Boys, Ma'im Hashem is the name of that one. Thursday morning, 58 degrees, partly cloudy, and a high of 70. 89 right now in Yerushalayim. How do you like that? 89 degrees in Yerushalayim. Um, I want to again wish a Mazel Tov. What did I do with the uh, invite? Here it is. I want to wish a Mazel Tov to um, Chani Weintraub and Shlaimi Turin. They're getting married tonight. Mazel Tov to Rabbi Mrs. Yitzchak Weintraub, Rabbi Mrs. Chaim Mordechai Turin, and to all my relatives and to all of Stacy's relatives as we get ready for tonight's big wedding. Mazel Tov from all of us here at... Uh, at the JM and the AM. Charlie Harari is coming up right after JM and the AM with Unlocking Greatness. His topic, Secrets of World-Class Performers. Secrets of World-Class Performers. After that, it's going to be Spin Class with Michael Fragan and Phil Goldfeder. After that, it's going to be uh, Allison Josephs with uh, Rabbi Yitzchak Melber, co-founder of Taharenu. After that, it's Miriam L. Wallach uh, with cartoonist Shari Pear. Um... Shari Pear is um, is a cartoonist out in uh, California, Orthodox Jew, and uh, she's uh, Miriam Alwalek's guest on That's Life starting at 10.30, live lunch at 11 o'clock. What's going to happen during that live lunch? I don't know. We'll see. No idea at this point. Really no idea. Dudu Fisher is scheduled to join us tomorrow morning in the 8 o'clock hour. Malcolm Honeline scheduled tomorrow morning for the 8 o'clock hour. Excuse me, for the 7 o'clock hour. 7 o'clock hour is 7.40 tomorrow morning. For Malcolm Honline live in studio, 7.40 tomorrow morning. Not in studio. Malcolm Honline weekly update tomorrow morning at 7.40. Dudu Fisher at 8.40 live in studio. That's what we're expecting. That is the day that we have scheduled for tomorrow. I want to again wish a Mazel Tov to Shalom Dworkin. His bar mitzvah is tonight. we got to make sure to uh, wish a Mazel Tov to his grandfather Malcolm tomorrow morning. Uh, Shalom Dworkin, uh, Mayor and Javi Dworkin, Mazel Tov to you in the extended Honline Friedman and Dworkin families from all of us here at the JM and the AM. Mazal Tov. That bar mitzvah celebration takes place tonight. Eight minutes before nine o'clock. It's JM and the AM with Eitan Katz. Yeah. 
Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners, sponsored digital radio around the world on the web at NachumSegal.com, on the NachumSegal Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up a great Thursday. Special thank you to all of our guests. 
Thank you to Nathan Diamond of the OU. Thank you to Libby Goldstein. Great conversation about Yad Sarah. Thank you to Rabbi Bravender. What an honor to speak with him and get his perspective on things. Wonderful guest, and I thank him. Charlie Harari's next with another great edition of Unlocking Greatness. Then it's Spin Class. Then it's Allison Josephs with Jew in the City Speaks. Miriam L. Wallach with That's Life. Live lunch coming up at 11. We'll speak with you then at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. And plenty more all through the day. Someone alert Mike Socher to the fact that he is featured with the Neshama Orchestra on Throwback Thursday today at 1 o'clock in a, um, in a show from 14 years ago. How do you like that? I hope Mike Socher and everybody in the show is able to tune into that. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Nachum Siegel reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future. <laughs>